Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to the American Pipeline podcast on thehockeynews.com. I'm presented by BetMGM and McKinney. I'm Mike Stevens. Sitting virtually across from me is the one and only Sydney Wolf. Sydney, how's it going? It's pretty cold in Minnesota right now, it seems. Yes, we had some some weather this past weekend. It's cold. I've heard it's cold for you guys. So I mm-hmm. feel like everybody now is feeling winter now. See, I was so like we're recording on Thursday. I was at the rink for morning skate for the Leafs all like all morning, and I had to to make the time of our recording. I had to run, like basically run as as much as I can back from uh, the subway to here and. I, I here I am. We log in. I'm, we're getting ready to record, and I start getting roasted by our producer Connor because apparently when it's cold outside, no one should ever sweat, um, which is not true. Uh, so I just want to put that put make that very clear um, because I, I I am getting I'm getting roasted by our own producer who's supposed to be on my side. I just want to say just because it's cold, don't be self conscious. You, you can sweat. Yeah, it's it's definitely been a cold few days here. In Minnesota. And that's actually the first thing I wanted to talk mm-hmm. about just very briefly. I know last week I was trying to mention that we had a huge snowstorm kind of in like North Dakota and like part of Minnesota on the border. And then, you know, Denver was supposed to travel there. They did make it. I heard they had to change their yeah. travel plans. They had to fly into, I think it was Minneapolis instead of Fargo and then drive. So a little treacherous for them along. That's a long bus ride, but they made it. But the only reason I bring that up is because there's another snowstorm in a different part of the U.S. that might be a little weird again for this weekend. I just looked on my phone and it says there's a winter storm warning in Kalamazoo, Michigan. So it looks like they're getting hit pretty hard, I think, right now at the time of recording. And Duluth is supposed to be traveling out there for Friday, Saturday. So I assume that means they'd be traveling today. So we'll see if that affects anything again. Some weird weather. We're fully in winter, I guess. There's some weird weather all over the place. Like, I'm, you know, this is not a football podcast, but just to, to bring you there for a second, in Buffalo right now, there's supposed to be six feet of snow uh, that are dropping between, I believe, now and Sunday. Uh, and, and I'm not even six feet tall. So there is or three to six feet apparently, but there is more like in, in the upper echelon, there was more, uh, more snow than I am of person that is going to drop there. Uh, uh, like this is, it's pretty crazy. And especially with all these, all these collegiate teams that are sort of in the center of the country or on that sort of like wet uh, East ish middle America coast that get really sort of right in the middle of those, of these snow storms, really of the, of the weather clumps, this can make some traveling uh, pretty difficult. Yeah, especially because a lot of teams, I'm pretty sure, have to go by bus or either take mm-hmm. like a regular flight to a big or- airport and then bus. So we'll see. I assume all the games are on as usual, but my phone says Kalamazoo is getting a lot of snow this weekend. So hopefully safe travels to all involved. Duluth heading out there. But yeah, some some snow for sure. All right. Well, aside from the weather, let's talk about Penn State, shall we? Yeah, so I wanted to put this in the podcast. Anyone that follows me on Twitter, I'm sure has heard me talk about Penn State over the past week or two. So we talked about Penn State early on in the podcast. They were doing really, really well at the beginning of the year. They were like literally, I think, 8-0 to start the season. Yeah, they had 
four back-to-back -back sweeps. Really impressive. It wasn't the most hard schedule. I'll get into that. But they were 8-0. And then they split with Michigan, the number one team, one weekend. And then they just recently split with Minnesota, who was the number one team. So I think Penn State deserves to be higher in the polls. And some people were giving me flack for it on Twitter. But I'm going to stand behind this hot take. And I will tell you why. Because okay, Penn State, me. I think they deserve it. You look at their wins. They swept Canisius. They swept Mercyhurst. They swept St. Thomas. Not not super big wins. Those teams aren't very good. Whatever. Still six wins, though. Still impressive. Mm -hmm. uh, they beat Wisconsin. Again, not that good of a team. But Wisconsin did beat Duluth this year, which we'll also talk about that later in the show. And then, like I said, they beat Michigan. And the only the second night, they split. So they won and then they lost. And the loss was in overtime. So it was very, very close. And we've talked about Michigan. They have Fantilli. They have all of these other just super, super high-level players. Like, you can name basically their whole team, even if you're not a college hockey fan, because I'm sure you've heard, like, half of these players if you pay attention to the NHL or the draft or anything like that. So they beat Michigan three rip one night, lose in overtime the next night. So very close. And then the next weekend, I watched the Thursday game against Minnesota in Minnesota. It's a road mm -hmm. series, really hard in college hockey. They won game one, four to two, really impressive. I watched them and they looked like a very dangerously good team. I was really impressed. And night two, they did lose, but still they've beaten the number one team in the nation, at least split with them back to back weekends. And then the polls come out this week and Penn State is listed as number six. And they're 10 and two. And I was just like, what is happening here? I get they had an easy schedule to start the season, but so do a lot of teams like whatever. I don't, I don't know. Just, it sort of blows my mind a little bit because if you look at the pairwise, Penn state is number four. So this is kind of just my little rant here. I know there's a lot of Penn state haters, people that were telling me, no, we don't want Penn state to be higher. I think they deserve it though. And I thought they played really, really well when I watched them last week. So I think they should be higher. Sixth is ridiculous. Like ba based on everything you're saying there, based on their start to the season, sixth is like, you can't even crack top five for that. That's what else they need to do. Yeah. And the weekend before that, when they split with Michigan and just barely lost in overtime, they were eight, I think after that weekend. So it oh just, it, it blows my mind a little bit, especially when Minnesota, obviously, you know, they have a ton of really good players on their team this year. No hate at all. But they have four losses. Penn State has two. So I'm kind of just like, you know, a loss is a loss. Mm -hmm. We'll see. 100%. I don't know. Penn State only received one first place vote this week. And someone on Twitter asked me and was like, Sydney, is that you? And I was like, well, I don't get a vote in the polls. So no. But it definitely probably they might have gotten my vote. I don't know. Denver's won. And I kind of agree with that right now. But Penn State, that's sort of my little rant, should, should get moved up. All right. Well, you know what? I supported this is a safe space for your rants, uh, Sydney. So, so we'll keep on it. All right. Look, things are not great hockey wise in Minnesota right now in terms of on ice success. Um, and that just doesn't, that doesn't just extend to the, the NHL that extends to the collegiate ranks. Is this time right now to hit the panic button for Duluth fans? They are unranked for the first time since around 2016. Yeah. So I was reading on Twitter that I think it I think what I read was unranked for the first time since like 2016. They're, re they're receiving votes, but I think it's like, even if it was like going to 25, I think they'd be 25 or something instead. So they're not that close to the top 20, but they still get a couple of votes, but they're unranked. And I think it is time to hit the panic button for Duluth fans. I know a lot of fans were just saying, you know, stick with the process, stick with the process. It'll be fine. It'll work itself out. 
but they have just had some real bad losses lately. And they have plenty of talent, in my opinion. You know, they have draft picks. They have some really talented players that I'm sure would be familiar names for anybody uh, who looks at their roster, some really, really good players. But things are just, I don't know, not connecting for their team this year. If you look at their wins and losses, the first series of the years, they swept Arizona State, good win. Then they had a pretty bad two losses in Mankato, whatever, that's just two. But then we talked about the really bad sweep. Uh, Wisconsin swept them at home. That stung, I know, for their fans. And then just recently, they split with Colorado College, and they just barely earned a split with Omaha. So it's been a struggle for them to get wins. Uh, and if you look at the pairwise, I don't even know last time I've seen Duluth this low. They're number 43. That's the bottom third of the pairwise. That's like, I can't even imagine that because all the years I've been a college hockey fan, I've only known Duluth is like a top level team. They've always been so good. So I honestly think it might be time to hit the panic button uh, because like I said, the snowstorm might happen this week, but they're headed to Western Michigan. Everyone hates playing in Kalamazoo because their rank is super loud. They have crazy fans, which is awesome to see, but it's really hard to win there. So if they're, if they get swept this weekend, I, I don't even know what, what's going to happen for them. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm going to be honest, you know, when it comes to the collegiate ranks, I've only recently started to pay attention. I did not even know it went down to 43, uh, let alone, you know, past that. So that's pretty, that's pretty rough. Like Duluth has always been a, a program, at least, you know, from my cursory knowledge before this, uh, that is a powerhouse kind of program. You know, there's been a lot of players that, that are in and around there. It's, it's always, it's got a legendary sort of status. This is a pretty, this is a pretty steep fall. Yeah, it's just, it's been bad. And from what I've been hearing and watching, it just seems like the team's not clicking. I don't, I don't really know why, but just, it seems like they have, they have plenty of talent to work with. It's just not coming together right now. So I don't really know what you do, but I wouldn't be surprised to see a sweep for Western Michigan this weekend. Cause I watched them this past weekend. They're really sneakily dangerous. I like to call Western the dark horse of the NCHC because everyone underestimates them, but then they're always really good. So I don't know, but it might be time to hit the panic button. You know, we can just take solace in the fact that it's not our job to fix them. We just yes. get to judge them. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, all right. To the 2022 World Junior A Challenge. It's up. Roster for Team USA got posted. And there are a lot of big names and players to watch here. Yeah. So I'm not going to talk about everybody on the team mm -hmm. or anything. You can go look up the roster if you want to. Uh, just a couple of big names in there. So the two goalies that were listed, Jacob Fowler and then Christian Manns. Manns is an Augustana commit. They're going to be starting their D1 program next year. So they're a new school. And then Jacob Fowler actually just this morning announced his new commitment. He was committed to Clarkson, uh, but then today just switched his commitment to Boston College. And we've already talked about it. BC has like a million good recruits coming in their, mm -hmm. their classes in the next, you know, one, two, three years here. So that's just another really big piece for them to add on. Uh, getting a really high-level goaltender like Fowler is awesome. He's uh, an interesting prospect to watch, draft eligible for next year, 6'2 and over 200 pounds, so a pretty big guy too. So I expect uh, he's definitely has quite a few NHL eyes on him. Very cool. And then the Minnesota boys high school hockey starts soon. Who's coming back and who is staying in juniors? Yeah, so this is a big topic right now. Obviously, I'm in Minnesota, so there's a lot yeah. of buzz around this. But You're right in, in the middle of the storm. Yeah, we have such good high school hockey that players in their junior and senior years have to make the decision of whether they're going to go play juniors or whether they're going to come back and play with their high school programs because it's just a different path of development. Everybody picks, you know, what's best for them. But this is just what I'm hearing through the grapevine. I, I believe rosters have to be posted Monday. So within the next week, we should know for not, you know, who's coming back for sure and who's 
who's not. Uh, but this is just what I'm hearing through the grapevine. I've heard Tanner Ludke. He plays high school for Lakeville South. He's currently in the USHL, lighting it up. I think he's at over a point per game. Uh, I've heard he's staying in the USHL. He's also on that World Junior Challenge roster. So I don't think you'd want to come back to high school if you're going to miss a bunch of time in the winter competing in that mm -hmm. tournament. So I've heard he's gone. Sam Renzel, first round pick this past year for Chicago. I've heard, he, you know, he's also on that World Junior Challenge roster. Gone, not going to be high school. Uh, one player I've heard that is likely going back to his high school program, but I haven't heard 100% either way yet, is Jason Jason Shagabe of War Road. I've heard he's likely going back to the Warriors, but again, I haven't heard any 100% confirmation. That'd be huge for them. I've heard he'd be a favorite to be our Mr. Hockey winner possibly this year if he does come back because he's had such a good high school career so far. But again, we'll wait for confirmation. And over our previous Class AA state champion is getting their basically entire really good group uh, of college commits back with Cooper Conway. He's a Colorado college commit. Gavin Thorson is a St. Cloud State commit. And Caden Casey is committed to St. Lawrence. They're all coming back. They did announce that on their Twitter. So that is 100%. Watch out for them because they're going to be some really, really good uh, prospects here to watch. Uh, Maple Grove has a couple of interesting ones. I've heard Finn Brink, who's a Wisconsin commit, is coming back, I've heard. Pretty sure on that one. Uh, Landon Gunderson is an interesting one. He's a Division I college commit. At the beginning of the summer, I heard he was likely not coming back to his high school, but now I've heard he might be. But an interesting fold to that is he was placed on injured reserve for his USHL team. So maybe then if that happens to you, you'd think about going back to high school, healing up, you know, at a slower pace and kind of just rejoining your high school program for the last year. Again, I don't know. That's just what I've heard. And then Danny Nelson of Maple Grove has gone to the national team. So he's gone. Uh, two prospects, two names I wanted people to know. Rogers is Chase Cheslock and Sam Ranallo. I've heard are both coming back. I'm pretty sure on that. Uh, they're both really interesting prospects to watch. And then Hermantown, the state champion in Class A, they lose Ty Hansen and Zam Plant, I've heard, to the USHL. Uh, Zam obviously was drafted this, this past year. And then Max Plant, his younger brother, is on the national team. So they lose a couple of players. We'll know for sure more next week who officially is gone, who's officially staying, all that kind of stuff. There's plenty of players that play in the USHL, come back for high school, and then go back to juniors after the season's over. So we'll see, but that's a huge thing here in Minnesota as games are going to start being played next week, I think. Well, Zam is a really cool name. Um, yes, I think that's a cool name, yeah. And then his brother is just just Max. Just nice, Max, but Zam... I, cool. I don't think I've ever heard I've ever met or heard of someone named Zam before. So let's add that to the the college hockey name Hall of Fame right there. I think that's pretty fantastic. Oh, yeah. And yes, he's going to be probably a, a good player to watch. So watch out for him because he's a good player and has a cool name. He's so. very cool. That's a great combination to have. In fact, you know, I, I am more biased towards players with really cool names. Uh, personally. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, all right. Run us through some USHL transactions here. Yeah. So this is just something I just wanted to touch on really quick. There was a bunch of USHL transactions this week, just a bunch of different categories, a couple of international players. So again, if I say their name wrong, I'm so sorry. Uh, but Gert Silkans of Des Moines traded to Fargo, Evan Warner of Omaha traded to Tri-City. So a couple of trades happening here. Some unfortunate news for Tri-City as well. Sebastian Ranishitz was added to injured reserve. So hopefully he'll be able to come back whenever he's healed up. So we 
we wish him a speedy recovery. Uh, there was a couple of drops to the rosters. I'm not going to mm -hmm. name all those, but you can look them up if you just look up USHL transactions if you want to. So a couple of roster moves there. Uh, Drew Montgomery of Tri-City was traded to Omaha, along with Patrick Sarnecki of Madison was also traded to Omaha. And then the Madison Capitals also added Tyler Tyler Graham, I believe is how you say his last name. Uh, they added him to their roster. So a couple of roster moves, some players coming back from injured reserves, some being placed on it, and then a couple of roster drops, adds, and a few trades here now as we enter the winter. Very cool. It's transaction season. Let's get, let's get, feel the fever, if, if you will, or maybe don't, yes. you know, because, uh, <laughs> you know, fevers have not had a great connotation in the last couple of years. Um, yeah. There were some there were some shenanigans out in Hockey East lately. Uh, some players getting some discipline uh, slapped on them. Why don't you take us through that? Yeah, so there was a from what I from what I heard and from what I saw, I'll just say it looked like there was some fisty cuffs, I guess, mm. between Boston College and Northeastern and Hockey East handed out a couple of suspensions here to a few players. Excuse me, uh, two players from each team. It looks like it was Trevor Kuntar of Boston College, then Aiden McDonough of Northeastern, both suspended one game, and then there was another set of players. Cade Alamy and then Jaden Struble, who were also suspended one game. So two players from each side suspended for a game. There was some disciplinary action. Looked like there was some fisty cuffs happening in that game. Man, crazy. All right. Uh, on a more serious note is that uh, Michigan defenseman Stephen Holtz was hospitalized uh, after after this weekend. What What's going on here? Yeah, so this is a bit of unfortunate news, really sad news that I just read this morning. Actually, it looks like Michigan defender uh, Stephen Holtz, I read, uh, is in the intensive care unit. I'm not, oh they didn't specify for anything. I believe some people were trying to reach out to Michigan, but they're not able to comment on a situation. Obviously, they're not going to tell you details about his health or anything like that. Uh, but hope he gets better. I heard he's in the ICU. It sounds like the Michigan team has been battling some illnesses in the past few weeks. So I don't know if that's related or not. Um, I know last spring too, between COVID and the flu and pneumonia and like all of this stuff, there was a ton in college hockey. So I'm not quite sure what the situation is, but I heard he is hospitalized. So that's really sad news. Definitely thoughts go out to him and his family and uh, hope he's able to, to get better and get back on the, out on the ice soon. Absolutely. That's, that's horrible. So yeah, we, we want to send as many, uh, many good regards and positive vibes and, and, and whatnot over to uh, yes. Stephen Holtz and his family. Um, all right. The college team to watch of the week. Yeah. So college team I wanted to pick this week is a little bit of an untraditional pick. You know, I don't want to just pick the easy teams that people mm -hmm. are always going to pick like, Oh, this team, I'm going to pick them for the team to watch when they're already like a top five team or yeah. something like that. So this week I wanted to pick RIT, which RIT normally isn't that, much of an eye-popping team they're not that flashy they're usually not like a top team in the nation but this year they've had a really really good start they only have two losses overall in the season they're 10 and 2 uh they're 9 and 1 in their conference and they're only two losses they had one to union one to air force both were only one goal games, so really really strong playing there they didn't lose those games by much they're on a seven game win streak absolutely insane they're 19th in the pairwise, which for the end of the year for tournament time, you want to be top 20. So they're in a really good place right there. And they are receiving votes in the polls. And I believe they were receiving the most votes out of all those teams at the bottom, which means that they would be team number 21, basically after 20. So they're really, really close to breaking into the polls and they're doing really, really well. Their next game, they do have an exhibition against the national team, the U18s, which that's going to be a tough game, but it doesn't technically really count for anything. So that doesn't matter. Uh, but typically in, in Atlantic hockey, AIC usually is the best team, arguably. 
And now it looks like it might be RIT this year. Really cool to see for their program. They have two really good defenders, Gianfranco Cassaro and Aiden Hansen Bucata, who are tied, I believe, for the top scoring defensemen in the country. So awesome to see for their program. And hey, shout out to them and watch them because they're on a they're on a pretty, pretty good win streak here and they're a really solid team. Well, speaking of AIC, you got the player to watch who hails from there. Yeah, so I wanted to again pick a couple non-traditional picks, some surprising picks, but this week, player to watch, I wanted to pick Dustin Mans of American International College. Uh, right now, he's leading the nation in face-off wins. That's actually why I picked him. Uh, not in just He's not leading in percentage technically, but if you look up the number of face-offs won, he has that top number. Mm-hmm. So he's been taking a ridiculous, a ridiculous amount of face-offs, uh, which is, you know, for any team that wants to be good, you need that guy who you can go to and who's going to be winning face-offs in those critical moments of, of games, especially in college hockey. So he's leading the nation with the most face-off wins. Uh, and he's actually transferred. He transferred from Lake Superior State. So he's one of those transfers making a really big impact on a new team for AIC. Uh, 12 points in 14 games played so far. So almost a point per game. That's also a really positive sat- statistic. He's a senior in college, uh, fr- originally from Michigan. I believe he played juniors for Prince George in the BCHL. Uh, but he's been doing really well. And being good at faceoffs in college hockey is big because you need those. You can't really be a good team if you're just going to head to the faceoff dot and lose every time and then have to go get the puck back and all that stuff. So that could be a really big piece for AIC if they want to you know, com- compete with RIT and a couple of those other schools out east. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to our favorite segment, which is we pick a team, we go through all their prospects in the American pipeline and collegiate and in uh, the USHL. This week, you know, we did the Islanders last week, might as well stick in the great state of New York, and we'll do the New York Rangers who have quite a bit. So let's, let's rip through these bad boys. Yeah, so they have quite a few, uh, so we're not going to spend too much time on any of them, but I will say they have quite a few interesting prospects, Mm -hmm. though, and speaking of that, starting off uh, is actually our player of the week from last week, Noah Laba, Mm -hmm. who I think is going to be a really fun player to watch here in in college hockey. He's got nice size, 6'2", about 192 pounds, so nice size there. Uh, I believe he's been playing center mostly, but sometimes that gets flipped around with with wing in college, we'll see. But he's got 10 points in 12 games played so far as a freshman in the NCHC, which is really, really hard to do. He plays for Colorado College. He's been really good for them so far. He was a fourth round pick this past year, and he's just been really solid. He didn't have super flashy numbers in the USHL when he played, like nothing super eye-popping, but they were pretty solid. So it'll be nice to see if he's able to, you know, step up his game from USHL and now just make a really big impact in college because he's been really good so far. Absolutely. All right. Then we got Eric Ciccolini. Ciccolini. Yeah. So I, th- I think We're it's back Ciccolini. to the tough, tough pronunciations. We're that's back exact- to grinding through it. Yes. That's exactly how they had it on their <laughs> line chart. I typed it out. So I think it's Ciccolini. Okay. Um, that's how they spelled it on their line chart. So, so we're just going to, we're going to run yeah. with that. Okay. If any, any blame, blame them who, who that they're giving it to us. Okay. Yeah, so uh, he's uh, 5'11 forward, so pretty pretty average size there, I'd say. Uh, three points in 11 games, so okay, you know, not not the biggest start, but decent. 
Uh, he's a senior at Michigan, obviously Michigan, great program, tons of talent. We've talked about them plenty. He was a seventh round pick. So kind of one of those gambles in the later rounds where you think you see something, but you don't really know how they're going to pan out. Uh, he seems like one of those players. He's been, he, he's been doing good. He's not super flashy. He's not going to put up a crazy amount of points, but he's also not a bad player either. So pretty solid, uh, not the most eye popping numbers, but for a seventh round pick, you know, that's pretty much I'd say what you'd expect. You're probably not going to get, you know, a superstar out of a seventh round pick. So pretty solid, decent player there. And obviously Michigan is a top team this year. So that's really good. Look, just being being around Michigan seems to, to be doing good things for players uh, in terms yes. of their careers. All right. We have Simon Shelberg. Yeah. So this is a big defender, six foot three from Sweden, six round pick. So again, in, in those later rounds, six round pick a couple years ago, though, and back in 2018, Currently a senior at Northern Michigan. Before that, he did play at RPI. I think he's a senior, though, because I think RPA, RPI didn't play in 2020, 2021. They skipped one of those years. I think it was due to a COVID thing. So I'm not sure if he's technically a senior or a junior, something like that. So he's he's an upperclassman, I'll just say that. Um, but he had really good numbers at, at RPI. We'll sort of see how he develops. But Big defender. I think there's a lot of potential there. Uh, and sometimes players just need a little change of scenery. That's why they transfer. So hopefully being at Northern Michigan will be good for him. 100%. All right. Then we got Brody Lamb, whose dad played uh, played for Denver. Yeah. So this is uh, another interesting prospect. So Brody Lamb, six foot one. So pretty tall. Uh, he's got two points in 12 games played for Minnesota. He was a fourth round pick in 2021. Uh, he actually came into the Minnesota program really early. I think they they weren't originally likely planning on bringing him in for this season, but that's just kind of what happened. And they decided to bring him up uh, because he just turned 19 this summer, which a lot of college hockey players will come in, you know, around 20 or when they're close to turning 2021 or 21, not 2021, I'm thinking of years here, but he just turned 19 in August. So he's pretty young to be coming into, into college hockey, to be honest. So he hasn't put up crazy numbers yet, but I wouldn't, I really wouldn't mind that at all because he's so young, tons of time to develop. He's playing for Minnesota, which is a good team right now. He's, he's alongside a lot of really good teammates. So I think he has plenty of time to develop and I think he'll be a really good uh, high level prospect here in a few years. Very cool. All right. Then we got Yaroslav, Himalash. Yeah, so this is a this is a Czech player, tall, six foot four, playing on the right wing right now for Providence College. Fifth round pick back in 2021, currently at eight points in 11 games played. Not too shabby. That's pretty good. Uh, and he played quite a bit internationally for Czechia and like the U18 through U20 those years for him. And he's only a freshman actually this year. So to put up almost, you know, eight points in 11 games played, I think that's really promising for a first year player. So keep your eye on him because he seems like he's definitely uh, a, a key player for Providence right now. Absolutely right. Then moving right along to Brett Berard. Yeah. And this is a player that's actually just right above uh, Himalash on the line chart. <laughs> it's the right wing <laughs> right above him, which is funny that some teams will just, you know, take players like that on the same team. I know we've had a couple of those, uh, but Brett Berard is a national team product. So obviously he's very skilled to, to be a, on the NTDP a couple of years ago. He's a five foot nine right wing. So he's a little bit smaller compared to some of those other NHL guys, but he's a junior at Providence. So he has some you know, years of college hockey experience under his belt. He's at a point per game, 11, 11 points in 11 games. So really good point production wise. Uh, and he was a world junior cup player for, for team USA. So that obviously also means you have a lot of skill and he was a fifth round pick back in 2020. So he's also a really, really high level uh, product. So 
two for the Rangers, uh, really good players for Providence College. Absolutely right. Then we go Riley Hughes, yet another Hughes brother. Yes. So this obviously, is the fourth now, right? We've yeah, got we've got we, Jack, Quinn, and uh, and Luke, and now we got Riley. Come on. Yeah. So there's like a million Hugheses. So this is Riley Hughes. Uh, he was a seventh round pick back in 2018. Like we said, everybody's gonna know that last name. Six foot one forward at Northeastern. He's a senior. I believe he might have that eligibility to play for a fifth year if he wants to. We'll see. Uh, he's got four points in 12 games. His best year was 12 points in, in just over 30 games. So not crazy point production, but he definitely has some every year, and he is wearing an A uh, on the jersey this year. So hopefully that means he's a he's a good guy in the locker room, a good leader. So, uh, you know, it seems like he's a good, solid core player for Northeastern. So you're saying if the, the Hughes brothers were the Jonas brothers, he'd be the Kevin, basically. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, I don't mm -hmm. know. It just seems like they're all... Or maybe sure, even the Frankie. Yeah, knows? I don't I don't know. Yeah, I guess good comparison. Yeah, everybody always forgets about him, but he's he's just as good in his own way. All right, well, there you go. All right, then we got Zachary Carpa. Yeah, so uh Zachary Carpa, his dad is Dave. Uh, I'm sure people might recognize that name, Dave Carpa, former NHLer. He played for a bunch of different teams back in the day. He's got six points in seven games, six foot two center, so a good size there. He's a sophomore at Harvard. Last year as a freshman, he had 12 points in 33 games, so pretty good point production for a freshman. Uh, played on the national team, six-round pick uh, this past year, I believe. So really promising numbers. You know, he's still got plenty of time to round out his game collegiately. And then we got Hank Kempf, who is no relation to David Kampf, um, but he's a seventh-round pick in, 20, in 2021. Yeah, so seventh round pick, again, one of those guys who might be sort of a gamble in the later rounds, but six foot two, another big defender here, sophomore at Cornell. He's a, he's a big assist guy. And I say mm -hmm. that because, you know, he's not going to, he's not potting too many goals every year, but he is putting up quite a few assists. So I assume that means, you know, he's able to dish the puck out to his teammates and uh, help them get some points and get some goals. So, so far this year, only one assist in six games played, but he had quite a few assists in previous seasons and juniors, uh, stuff like that. All right, and our second last prospect is Hugo Olas, who is very tall. Yes, very tall indeed. He's listed at six foot eight. I don't know if that's embellished or not. I feel like all sports heights are a little bit, but I feel like if you say six eight, you got to be six eight because that's that's tall. Yeah. That's no matter a bold what, even, even if you're six eight, like, and, and you're off by like an inch or two, that still means that you're like at at least six six, which is huge. Yeah, so he's a big Swedish goaltender, and this is for the school I shouted out so much last week, Merrimack, who are mm -hmm. on a tear right now. They're doing really, really well. And he was a seventh-round pick back in 2022, uh, or in 2020. So he's one of those players, too, who the team might have been like, well, we'll pick up a goaltender, we'll see how he develops type of thing. But he's been doing really good. He's at a .922 save percentage right now. He's their starting goaltender, uh, .188 goals against average right now. Uh, and last year he had a, a 0.920 in 18 games. So pretty good. He seems pretty consistent around that 0.92 save percentage, which is good for college hockey. Um, so good for him. And Merrimack, like I said, a really good team right now. And he's obviously been a key to that. And then finally, we got Victor Mancini. 
Yeah, so this is a player who's on the top D pairing right now for Nebraska Omaha. Again, a big defenseman. It looks like the Rangers really like picking up these they sure do. big defensemen in in sort of like the later rounds of of the draft and in college hockey. So he's six foot three, two sixteen. So a, a big solid dude. He's a sophomore. He actually had sort of a interesting developmental journey for college hockey from what I was looking at. It looked like you know he. He grew up and then he actually played in Sweden, it looked like, for two years and then came back and, and played in the USHL a little bit, which isn't very typical for Americans, at least. I think he's American, I'm pretty sure. Um, but it was sort of strange to see him go internationally and then come back, I thought was interesting. But he has two points in seven games right now. He had five points in 38 games last year, so he's not going to be somebody that's you know blown up the score sheet, but he's a big guy uh, and he's on the top D pairing, so I assume that means you know he's a big uh, responsible defenseman. And uh, yeah, obviously you're not going to be getting top line minutes uh, at a school like Nebraska Omaha in the NCHC if, if you're not very good. So solid prospect there. All right. And that brings us to the end of the American pipeline podcast for this week. Look, the Rangers seem to have a great, uh, you know, a great little pipeline of their own um, along with all their other prospects, but we don't care about those. We only care about the ones in, uh, in collegiate and in USHL. Sydney, it's always great doing this with you. I uh, can't wait to see which team we tackle next week and all the things that are going to happen in both the NCAA and the USHL moving forward. 